the book of Ezekiel, uh, and we will uh, take a look at that third chapter again. And again, what we're doing here through this series is looking at Ezekiel and a survey of this book, and we'll be looking at selected scriptures out of this book. But in a nutshell, we discovered that Ezekiel uh, writes uh, this text here under his prophetic mantle. If you recall that God's people had been, uh, at the time that Ezekiel was called to be a prophet, uh, they had been in captivity for about 30 years. Uh, I'm sorry, they'd been in captivity, and Ezekiel was coming up on his, around his 30th birthday, excuse me, uh, and he had been studying to be a priest, and it was customary that during that period of time that you go into the priesthood around 30, but God called an audible in his life. Have any of y'all ever had God called an audible in your life? An audible means that you changed the original play. And there are some things that maybe we had in our own minds of what God wanted us to do. And there are some things that we thought that God was setting our path and our course on. And all of a sudden, he said, we're going to change that play. We're going to do something different. Now, again, I shared with you that priests were more highly regarded than prophets were. Because priests served in the temple. But prophets brought the unadulterated word of God. Prophets would speak to a rebellious people. Prophets would declare what thus said the Lord. And prophets are not necessarily liked uh, a whole lot when it comes to God's people. And there are times when, uh, you know, uh, even, even you and I can serve and, and operate in a prophetic role, even though we're not maybe necessarily called to the office of a prophet. There is something that's called the gift of prophecy as part of our spiritual giftings. So, but here we see Ezekiel having been called to be a prophet under God's people. So we look down here um, to, uh, to this third chapter, if you will, uh, and uh, we'll start our uh, reading at verse number one, Ezekiel chapter three, verse number one, and watch what the text says. It says, the voice said unto me, son of man, eat what I'm giving you. Eat this scroll. All right, watch this now. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. How many of you know you can't preach something that you don't have on the inside of you? <laughs> Hello. That's what some of us are trying to do. Some of us are trying to give people God's word, and we don't even have the word of God on the inside of us. The text says here, he says, eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. Verse number two, let's read. It says, uh, so I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. And the text says in verse 3, fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he says, son of man, go to the people of Israel and give them my messages. I am sending you to a foreign people whose language you cannot understand. No, I'm not sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. Basically, what God said is people who don't even have a couple of people listen to me quicker than my own people will. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it strange how our children sometimes will listen to others quicker than they will we, uh, us, who are their parents who have covenant with them? We birth them into, into the earth realm and they'll listen to somebody, a strange voice, before they will the voice of those who love them from the time that they came into this world. You change their diaper, you wash their clothes, you fed them. Come on. You, you, you put money in their bank account when they got to be a certain age. You, and you bought them a car and you, and you put gas in it. Come on now. You, you did all these things for them. And then when you get ready to give them wisdom from God, they won't listen to you. And then what makes it even more killing, they come home one day and tell you something you told them five years ago. But Mr. Smith told them. Or Rayway, my partner, told me. And now all of a sudden, Ray Ray got revelation of the very same thing you told them five years ago, but they wouldn't listen to you. Can I get a witness up in here? Hello, somebody. So, so God, look at what God says. God said, no, I'm not sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. Look at verse number seven. Look what it says here. But the people of Israel won't listen to you any more than they listen to me. I feel like that sometimes. I feel you, Ezekiel. I feel you sometimes. <laughs> he says, for the whole lot of them are what? 
A what? A hard-hearted and stubborn. But look at verse 8. Come on, let's read this right. It says, but look, I've made you as obstinate and hard-hearted as they are. I have made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock. How many know preachers and pastors have to have a hard head sometimes? Because I got to keep preaching to you when you act like you ain't listening to me. I got to keep coming at you and keep encouraging you and keep admonishing you even when I know you're not listening to me. My head got to be a little hard, amen? Because some folks will say, well, Pastor, why don't you just stop? And ain't nobody going to do that. Just, just give up on it. No, I'm not giving up on the word. The Bible says, I made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock, so don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks. <laughs> Even though they are rebels. Some of y'all try to stab me down, but I just look right through you. Amen. <laughs> he says, even they, even though they are rebels. Then he added, verse number 10, son of man, let all my words sink where? Deep into your heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Again, uh, if we're going to be people of God, if we're going to be uh walking in a prophetic mantle where we are sharing what thus said the Lord to people who need to hear it, we, we got to make sure, first of all, we get the word deep down on the inside of us. Is that what it says? Watch this. He says, uh, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Verse 11 says, then go to your people in exile and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do this whether they listen to you or not. Verse 12, and we'll stop there. It says, then the spirit lifted me up and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me. May the glory of the Lord be praised in his place. We're talking about it's time to live again. Everybody say it's time to live again. This is, this is the second uh, part of this in this in this lesson series and and we're going to subtitle this today we must obey God we must obey God let's make a person say I must obey God say it one more time say I must obey God that's critically important because if we're going to live again, if we're going to get out of this dead space, if we're going to get out of this place where, where we feel like you know, nothing is going right, when we feel like uh, you know, we don't have that impetus, we don't have that, that vigor and that vitality to run with God and to, and to run with God's people and to do the will of God and to advance kingdom principles, when we get into that dark, dry place, when we are away from God, we need to know that we can live again. We need to know that that level of excitement that we had when we first came to the Lord is available for us to walk in even today. That excitement, that 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 urging, that that sense of uh, of, of 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 I got to do it right now. That kind of sense, sense sensibility needs to be inside of each one of us to this very day. But the sad reality is, guys and girls, sometimes we get complacent, and that's what happened to the people that Ezekiel is speaking to. They got complacent. In the things of God. So, so, so what, what principles, brother pastor, do you want to pour into me today? Because you said we must obey God. That's critically important. So let's, let's walk through some principles that can help us to get to that point to where we are in a position to where we understand that we can be in a dead place, a dry place, because we're not obeying our master. First thing I want you to just write down and jot down. We're popping up there, brother Jay says, God's people are to proclaim his message regardless of the kind of response expected. Again, if we're going to live again, if we're going to be obedient to God's word, and one of the things that God tells us is to be a living witness to all the world, to those who we come in contact with. If, if, if we're going to live again, and we got to realize that we got to proclaim this message regardless of the kind of response that we expect. And that's the thing I, think, I believe that trips up a lot of God's people. We think that I, that person don't want to hear me. Oh, we have a sense that, that if I share it, it's going to be rejected. But I got news for you. We have a responsibility to proclaim his message regardless of, kind of, of the kind of response expected. Because again, remember, go back to our scripture text here. When we start looking at what God uh, told uh, uh, Ezekiel here in this third chapter, he says, but look, in verse 8, but look, I made you as obstinate, as hard-headed as they are. I made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock. So don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks. 
even though they are rebels. He was preparing him to go to them even though they were going to reject what he had to say to them. So, so we, we, we got to learn to speak boldly. Everybody say, speak boldly. Well, well first thing we got to realize is where does that boldness come from? First of all, God gives boldness. Everybody say, God gives boldness. Let's go to Psalms 138 right quick. Psalms 138, and we'll look at verse number three. Psalms 138, verse number three. God gives boldness. Listen, guys, uh, here's what I've learned in my life. And I don't know about you, but, but I've learned in my life that there is some stuff that you face that, that really can scare you. There is some stuff, and there may be some people who may intimidate you. Because a lot, of, a lot of people, the average Christian doesn't like confrontation, right? Most people don't like to confront issues, and that's why a lot of times in our own individual lives, issues never get solved because we don't confront it. We talk around it. We talk to other people about it. But the very person or the very individual, the very group who we need to go to and speak biblical, God-honoring truth to, we're afraid to do that in a lot of cases. And so we hold back and we say, here's what we say, I ain't, ain't going to say nothing because I don't want to cause no confusion. How many of y'all been guilty of saying that? I, I ain't going to say nothing because, you know, you know how mama them is. Well, you know how your sister is. And so, so if, if, you, if you tell them the truth, you know, they're going to get all upset and then that's going to that's gonna mess up Thanksgiving. So don't, just don't say nothing. How many of you know that God didn't call any of us to pull back and not speak truth into the lives of those who we are in covenant relationship with? We have a moral obligation and a spiritual directive to speak the truth, what? In love. So, but, but, but that, that boldness to speak can be just based on us because some of us have personality bents that, 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 that's not inclined to, to, to go and speak the truth to people. Some of y'all are, are, are some of, I say some of y'all, some of us, all of us, some of us are, 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 are love to have a peaceful environment. How many of y'all like peace? How many of y'all, when you go home, you want peace? How many of y'all know that sometimes when you do go home, there ain't no peace? Huh? And how many of y'all, there are many couples who are not really happy, but they still together, but they're not really happy because they never learn how to deal with issues up front, personally, and in the spirit of love. It's always an argument. It's always fussing, cussing. Loud, just, just, just intimidating. And, and, and so as a result, you just learn how to just be quiet and don't say a word. I'm going to tell you right now, you need some spiritual boldness. If you're in covenant relationship with anybody, which means husband, wife, parent, child, uh, church member, church member, even, uh, you know, in the secular world, uh, co-worker to co-worker, learning how to speak the truth in love is critically important. Look at Psalms 138. Verse number three with me right quick. Are y'all there? He says, the psalmist says, as soon as I pray, what does it say? You answer me. You encourage me by what? Giving me strength. Can you read it out loud on purpose one more time? It says what? As soon as I pray, you answer me. And guys, how many of you know, we, 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 we've looked at the analogy of a prayer when we looked at Daniel in the book of Daniel, I think it was the 10th chapter, when Daniel prayed, the Bible says he prayed, and, the, and the, the, the moment that he prayed, the Bible says the angels came for his words because he was praying in line with God's will. Anytime you pray in line with God's will, God comes for your word. When I say come for your word, that means he's come to give an answer to the thing that you're praying about. But we discovered when we looked at Daniel, when the Bible uh, one of the few places where it pulls back the unseen ram and gives us a glimpse of what's happening there, the angelic being on his way to Daniel with the answer was interrupted by a demonic spirit. And he had to call for help. Had to call for the backup, the big boys, the, the archangel. See, when, when, when you, when, listen, we talk about angels being ministering service and ministering spirits, they're there to help us, but they're there to bring answers to our prayers, we, we discovered. 
But when he called for backup, then he was able to get through with the answer because the moment that he prayed it, God sent the word. He sent the angel on a mission to get to answer that prayer. But it was 21 days later before the answer came through because he was held up in the spirit realm. Give your angel some help by standing in faith while he's bringing no answer to your prayer. Don't you start worrying. Don't you start complaining. Don't start pouting. But stand in faith and say, God, I believe that I received what I prayed today. The Bible says, if thou shalt say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say are going to come to pass, you'll have what you assume when you're speaking and saying the right thing. Because some of us are saying the wrong thing. So that's why I got to get in the word to find out what the right thing is, what the God thing is. Can I get a witness? As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. So Speak boldness. God gives us boldness. Go to Acts, the fourth chapter. Holy Spirit gives us boldness because we know we serve the triune God. Acts, the fourth chapter. If you go there with me, verse number 29. Acts 4, verse number 29. Glory to God. Everybody says it's time to live again. It's time for us to become a vibrant, uh, uh, forward-moving, progressive church that is reaching out to the community to help change the community by changing the lives of people. I shared this before, and I'm, I've been sharing it quite often here, especially with my preaching brothers. And I shared this with them. You know, one of the things that we as a body of believers, Christian, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, has to get back to is to believing that change comes through the gospel and not politics. Let me say it again. We got to get to the point to where we, as a church, have to understand that we can't hook our hopes to a Democratic Party, a Republican Party, a Green Party, or whatever kind of party is out there. Be actively engaged, be involved, you vote, you be civic-minded, civic but don't trust in politics to change the community. You trust in God and his word and the gospel to change men's hearts. Because if I can give you the gospel and you can receive that blessed hope, there are certain things you'll stop doing when you start growing in your faith. But, 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 there, but, but too many times it goes on both, both, both ways where people have now diminished the power of the gospel to change people and we're trying to change people through politics. It won't work. The law never changed your heart. It never will. That's why Jesus came. No law can make your heart right. You can have every civil right law in the book, but if somebody's going to hate you, they're going to hate you. You can have every speed limit law on the book and on the side of the highway, and that speed limit will not cause you to slow down. Can I get three witnesses in here? Anybody got a ticket this year? You got one? Anybody else got that's one, that's another. That's, that's another. That's one. Can, can I get another Another. How many of y'all got taken in the last two years? Come on, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Come on, here we go. Here we go. How many of y'all got taken in the last five years? Come on, anybody? All right, there we go. In the last 10 years, anybody? See, see, listen, your heart ain't changed. <laughs> there we, there, there we, you, you follow me? <laughs> the law can't change a man's heart, but the gospel can. The power of the Holy Spirit can. And now, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us what? And give us your servants what? Great boldness in preaching your what? Word. Next verse says what? Let's go. Come on. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 31. says what? After this prayer, watch this. The meeting place shook and they were what? All filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they did what? Preach the word of God with what? Boldness. Boldness comes by way of Holy Spirit. See, many times we don't have the boldness to speak truth because we haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us that spiritual boldness to be able to share truth even when we know 
we're going to be sharing it with some uh, people who are going who, to be rebellious, who are not going to listen to us, but we're going to share it anyhow because God, amen, gives us that spiritual boldness by way of his Holy Spirit. Speak boldly for the Lord. Go, go to Acts the 14th chapter, verse number three right quick. Acts 14, verse number three. Everybody say, speak boldly. God's people are to proclaim his message regardless of the kind of response expected. So that means, some, let, can, I, can I just make it real right now? How many of y'all are going to have family members over or are you going to somebody's house for Thanksgiving? I mean, you're going to have somebody over your house or you're going to somebody's house for Thanksgiving. Okay. Let me ask you this. Whenever you have family members over, uh, it's usually uh, an eclectic mix of different people, different personality bents and different kind of stuff that comes together uh, as a family. Do y'all ever have uh, disagreements during thanks- Christmas time, the holidays and Thanksgiving? Does ever anything ever come up uh, in the family? I mean, th- th- this, it has in the past. Come on, y- y- we, all, we all talk to me real quickly. All right. The, 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 are there ever uh, subjects that you can't touch during that time together? Is there, is, is there stuff you can't talk about because it's going to lead to a disagreement? And maybe it's something that needs to be talked about, but y'all won't talk about it because you're afraid of it's going to kill the atmosphere. So no, instead of thanking God for the turkey, you're ready to cut somebody with a knife that you cut the turkey with. <laughs> Hello? I, I, just, I, just, I just need to know, am I in the, am I in the ballpark? And so many times we, 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 we lack the spiritual decorum and the spiritual boldness to speak truth into people's lives because of the blowback that we expect to happen. God says, I've given you boldness. Now, spiritual boldness don't mean you're obnoxious and some rude Christian. Christians have to be careful. We as Christians have to be careful how we carry ourselves such that we speak the truth, what? In love but yet still speak the truth. So, so I want to encourage some, somebody here needs to be a witness during this holiday season. Somebody needs to be able to share with a family member, be able to share spiritual truth to the point to where the word that you deposit, even though you think they may not receive it, you proclaim it anyhow. Can I get a witness? Watch what the text says here. But the apostles stayed there a long time. Everybody say a long time. Preaching what? boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. Because guys, during the early church, uh, when, when Jesus had been crucified and he told the disciples to go wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, you'll notice when you go back and look at the, 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 the period between Jesus' crucifixion, even while he was on earth, but particularly after his crucifixion and his ascension, that there was a time period where the disciples were scared. They were not walking in boldness until they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Sometimes in the church, we don't talk enough about the Holy Ghost in his ministry. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit still has a ministry today, and he wants to fill every last one of us to give us the boldness to speak truth today. So God's people are to proclaim his message regardless of the kind of response that's expected. Amen. So speak boldly for the Lord and be people of courage. Go to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. 1 Corinthians, 16th chapter. Be people of courage. So we got to give God, we understand that God gives boldness. The Holy Spirit gives boldness. We got to speak boldly for the Lord. We got to be a people of courage. 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. Glory to God. Let's look at verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 13. The text this says this, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be what? And be strong. Read it one more time. Be, be on guard. That means be watchful, be alert, be aware of what's going around, on around you. Be, the Bible says walk circumspectly as wise men. In other words, I need to be aware of what time of day it is. I need to be aware of what's happening in the culture. I need to be aware of what's going on around me so that I can be a witness and be on guard and to know what the devil is up to. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, and be what? Strong. So we ought to 
Speak boldly. God's people are to proclaim his message regardless of the kind of response that expected. So I want to encourage you today because some of y'all know there are some people in your life or in your circle of influence whom God is placing your spirit to talk to, but you've been reluctant because of the response that expected. God told Ezekiel, they hard-headed. God told Ezekiel, they're not going to listen to you, but you speak anyhow. But before you speak it, you got to get it down inside of you. I believe that some of us are, are, are reluctant to speak to those in our life or in our circle of influence because we fail to eat the book like God told Ezekiel. We fail to get the word on the inside of us, so as a result, uh, we're afraid to say anything to anybody else. So, so, so before we can speak to anybody else, we have to get the word on the inside of us. Can I get a witness? So, so God's people ought to proclaim his message. That's uh, regardless of the kind of response expected. That's, that's one principle that we get from, uh, from Ezekiel here when we talk about we must obey God. Second thing I want you to just write down and we pop it up is that when, it, when, when we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment comes. Watch this. When we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment comes. A question for you right quick. Watch this. When you hear the word rebellion, what do you picture in your mind? What, what comes to your mind when you hear the word rebellion? Is it a teenager who's standing up against their parents? Is that, is that, is that rebellion to you? Uh, is, is it people resisting government authority and marching in the streets to demand their rights? Is that rebellion to you? Is it a two-year-old kicking his mama in the store because they want a toy the mama won't buy? Is that rebellion to you? What is it to you? We, we, we think of those different types of scenarios. And, and rebellion, to be truthful, guys, rebellion has many sides to it, all of which are not equally bad. Can I get a witness? Think about it for a second. If you, you that know your history understand and you are aware that the American Revolution had elements of rebellion in it. Am I right about it? Because when we, they came over from England, uh, the folks over here that in America said uh, no taxation without what? Representation. In other words, y'all taking our money, but we, can't, we don't have a voice in what's going on in our own country or, or where we are. So no taxation without representation. Can I get a witness? That's why, how many of y'all know her of the Boston Tea Party? What, what's that all about? The Boston Tea Party, when they threw the tea overboard in, 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 into the bay up in Boston in protest of being taxed and not having a voice to say in what was going on in the government authority. So, so sometimes we see rebellion in that sense. How many of y'all know that the, the civil rights movement was, was, was an act of civil disobedience? Can I get a witness? Because people were, our ancestors in particular, were, were, uh, were living in the country, working, but didn't have all the rights that we were afforded to under the Constitution. So there was civil rights rebellion, which again, that was civil. It wasn't, we didn't take up arms and start shooting folks, but we did it, amen, in, in a way that, that, that we marched and we civilly uh, disobeyed, amen, to, to bring attention to the fact that we were being treated unfairly. So there are times when you have rebellion, but when rebellion is against God and his ordained authority structure, the results can be awful. Go with me right quick, y'all. Uh, uh, go, go with me right quick, if you will, to well, no, I'll tell you, hold this. I want you to write something down real quick. I don't have this on my notes, but write this down. Rebellion against proper authority. Write that. Rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. I'll say it again. Rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. Everybody say Rebellion against proper authority. Come on, back up, say rebellion. Against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. Anytime you, 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 you rebel against proper authority, let's say a parent-child relationship. When a child rebels against their parents, guess what they're doing? They're rebelling against God. I'm going to say it again. Let me say it again. Rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. When, uh, uh, when a husband uh, fails to love his wife like Christ loved the church, 
and gave himself for the church, that husband is now demonstrating, because again, God put him in a place of authority and he gave his word to govern how you should love her like Christ or the church. But when you fail to do that, then what you're doing is you're rejecting God's authority. When a wife fails to submit to her husband as unto the Lord, when she fails to, 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 to honor him in his place of leadership, then what she's doing is she's actually rejecting God's authority. You never thought of it that way, did you? You just thought of, well, I know better than he do. But pastor, I got to keep him straight. Now listen, <laughs> hear me carefully. God said it, and it's in the word. He says, uh, it's not good for man to be alone, but I'm going to make what? Come on, Bible readers. I'm going to make a helper who's what? Suitable for him because he needs some help. And any man who understands, amen, God's order and God's design is not intimidated when he has a helper who's helping him. I mean, I learned a long time ago, my wife helps me. She sees stuff I don't see. Come on, brothers. Your wife sees some stuff you don't see. Because, you, you, you know, men look at stuff a little different than women. Can, 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 we, can, we, can we be honest and say that? <sighs> some of y'all don't want to go with me this morning. I said women see stuff a little bit different than men do. And, that's, and, and, and it can complement us in our naivety. in our ability not to see what's really being seen. And God says, I gave you this helper who's suitable for you. One who, even though you may not be organized, she's organized. Even though you may not think of certain things when you're having company that's coming over, she's going to think of everything. Hello. When a brother would say, let's have a barbecue, just open the house up without any organization not knowing what all's there and what all needs to be there and how much it needs to be there. We just go and say, let's, let's get together. Let's do something. But a, a lady wants to know, okay, what time are we going to do it? How many people are coming? Um, uh, do we have enough utensils? Uh, 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 is, is, is the house clean? I mean, really clean. Not just pull the bed up, but I mean, clean. Can I get a witness? They go into great detail, and that's helpful for us, brothers. I've learned to appreciate that. I didn't always appreciate it. Lynn, I didn't always understand it and appreciate it. Can I get a witness? But I do now. Okay, okay. I think I hit a nerve there. I think I, I, think I hit on something right there and, and, and understanding that, that, that any good manager, any good leader knows that he can't do it all by himself. Any, any manager, any, any leader who's worth his salt understands that you've got to learn how to empower people who can help you do what needs to be done. And you don't, don't be so narcissistic and arrogant that you can think you've got to do it all by yourself. you got all the ideas. If it ain't come from you, it ain't right. We have people like that in the world, don't we? Got to take credit for everything. Listen, I don't need to take credit for everything. As long as it gets done and, and it's God's will, amen, let's get it done. And so we're, I, I don't mind giving you credit, giving you glory, and I don't mind saying that I need help. Are you with me today? So, 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 so again, so, so, so when, we, when we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment is going to come. So rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. That, that happens even in the church. Guys, listen, there is a proper authority in the church. Y'all know this. Go to Hebrews 13. Right, hurry, hurry. What was happening with Ezekiel's folks was they were rejecting God's authority. Hebrews 13. Come on, y'all know this. I'm, I'm going to just share with you right quick. We've got to move. Hebrews 13. Glory to God. Again, I, I don't say this in, to, to, to try to belittle anybody because all of us are grown adults who are grown adults. Okay? And all of us uh, have, have to answer to God for ourselves. But you also have to answer to God for how you do what you do in the earth realm. And you certainly have to answer to God for how you do church life. For how you, how you connect with the assembly that you said God led you to be a part of. Right? So again, when, when we reject 
God's authority, proper authority, it reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. So, so watch this right here. Hebrews 13, verse 15 through 17. Y'all know it. Come on, let's, let's look at it one more time. Hebrews 13, verse 15 through 17 says this. Uh, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Verse 16 says what? And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Is that what it says? All right. So, but but now watch this again. I'm saying this because I want you to understand something. When you are a part of a church and you are a member of that church and, and you do not respect or do not follow the leadership of the spiritual authority that God has placed in the church, then let's go back to what I just gave you a while ago. Rebellion against proper authority reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. So in other words, if you're a part of a church, you do have a pastoral leader in the house, right? It just happens to be Doyle Adams for this church. But whatever church there is out there, they have pastoral leadership or they have a group of elders that lead the church. So the Bible says, everybody say the Bible says. Say the Bible says. Say Doyle didn't say it. The Bible said it. Say the Bible says it. Say it, say it again. All right, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says what? Obey. Did we do this two or three weeks ago? Did we go through this assignment? I think we did two or three weeks ago. And some of y'all still disobeyed your spiritual thoughts, didn't Isn't that a blip? See, y'all are like those folk Ezekiel. I'm, I'm glad God made my head hard. That's why I keep coming right back around to the, circling back around to the same thing I told you three weeks ago. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, again, that's within reason, assuming that your spiritual leadership is telling you to do something that's in line with God's word. Anytime you're up on the spiritual leadership and that spiritual leadership tells you to do something that's outside the will of God or is, is, is not right according to the Bible, you are under no obligation to do that. Because there are some people who spiritually abuse people. There are some people who are in leadership who take advantage of people. And so if it's not in the word of God, then you're not obligated to do that. But if it's in the word of God and your spiritual leadership is saying, let us do what the word of God told us to do and you reject that, then by de facto, you are rejecting God. You are rejecting God's authority over your life. And yet still you think it's you rejecting the pastor but saying, you know, I'm grown. I'm a grown man like he is. Listen, grown ain't got nothing to do with Spiritual, spiritual uh, uh, level of maturity. There are a lot of y'all who's 60, 70 years old and you're a spiritual baby. I love you, but you're a spiritual baby. There's some of y'all who's 30, 40, 25, who, who are classified as an adult according to our legal system, but you are a spiritual baby when it comes to the things of God. The text says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to do what? Watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. So get back to my point number two. When we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment comes. Let's, make, let's take it down to its simplest term. Rebellion, hear me carefully. Rebellion is knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. Can I say it again? Rebellion is knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. I need us to say it together so we can have a little therapy session. Say rebellion is knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. I hear some of y'all say, yeah, Pastor, I remember Saul in the Bible. Yeah, I remember Saul when he tried to go in the temple and do something he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, Saul, he rebellious. Yeah, Pastor, I remember old Jonah. Jonah was told to go down the river, but he didn't want to go there. He was rebellious. Yeah, God, I remember Samson. I, 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 Lord, Pastor, I remember Samson when he, you know, he, he, he started out right, but he ended up wrong, going to have 700 wives and 300 concubines or 300 wives and 700 concubines. What does that want? That's a lot of women. He was rebellious. No, I'm talking about rebellious like you and I. I'm talking about rebellious like you and I. All of us have some rebellion in our hearts 
which puts us in a dead place and causes us not to live again like God wants us to. All of us have some measure of rebellion in our hearts. All of us have areas in our lives where we have chosen not to do what we know is right to do. We've chosen not to be right. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, we didn't know. Some stuff you know and not doing. Look at what James says. Pop it up right quick. James 14, not James 4, James 4 and 17. James 4 and 17. When we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment will come. And that's what was happening to the people that Ezekiel was talking to. And God was trying to get them to understand that, listen, you're in this predicament. You're in captivity because of your rebellion. Now, if, if you will just, if you will, if you will turn and repent, I'll deliver but if you continue on into rebellion, judgment is going to come upon you. Look at what James 4 and 17 says. Remember, it is sin. Come on now. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. All right, watch this now. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. How many of y'all know that's sin? In other words, I, I, I know what to do. But 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 I, I I I don't do it. I know I'm supposed to tithe and give offerings, but I, I've been a member of the church for ten years and I've I've given you know uh, you know thirty dollars a whole year. Now if that's all you got, that's one thing. But you're making seventy thousand dollars a year. You're making forty thousand dollars a year, or you're making whatever you're making. And I promise you, you you know if, if you're working, you probably made more than if you gave thirty dollars a whole year, you made more than three hundred dollars. The whole year, you couldn't survive. You couldn't pay that car note if all you made was $300 a year. As a matter of fact, they wouldn't give you a car note if all you made was $300 a year. Are you with me today? So if you know it but don't do it, guess what the Bible says? It's sin. If you know you are to forgive that person who hurt you deeply, but you choose not to forgive because you said two years ago, I ain't going to ever have nothing else to do with them. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, they dead. Guess what? You are in sin. You are walking in rebellion. And let me go back to what I told you earlier. Listen to me carefully. Rebellion against proper authority, which is God's word, reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority. So if I know what the word of God says, but I don't do it to him that know it to do good, what does it say? Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. All right, so, so check this out. So wives, while I'm on it, I'm just throwing this out there parenthetically, okay? Because I, 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 I like to balance this thing. Wives, so if you're not submitting to your husband, you know the Bible says submit to your husband, then guess what? Remember, it's sin, it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Husband, if you're not loving your wife like Christ of the church, if you're not, if you're not, you know, it's about, you know, Paul walked, walked us down through that thing. He says, you know, you love her like Christ of the church, you know, you love like your own body. You, you, you honor her. You, you want to you present her uh, as, as, as a beautiful being. If you're not doing that, you've been mean and ornery and been abusive. Husbands! If you're being abusive, you're in sin. You're in sin. Oh, we can go, can we, we can walk down a laundry list of stuff that when we look at our hearts, we're not, we're dead, we're not living. It's time to live again. It's time to live again in every aspect of our life. And what God is saying is when we know stuff, because here's, here's, here's what's happening. When we know stuff, we are on the obligation to do stuff. Here's what has happened. The church has allowed the culture to influence it rather than it, the church, influencing the culture. We've allowed politics to slip into the church and to tell the church what it ought to be doing. Been sharing with a brother a pastor friend who's a part of another denomination, and his denomination is getting ready now to remove from their book of discipline 
he thinks it's going to pass the restriction against same-sex marriage in the church. In other words, right now, that book of discipline that, that governs how they operate says that, you know, that, that it's, it's, you cannot do that, but they're going to remove that restriction and allow different, different churches or different conferences to make that decision themselves. And there are many who are going to make that decision and say, we're going to remove that so we can start ma marrying uh, same-sex couples. Let, let me say this right quick. There are a lot of stuff that the culture is doing that the Bible says is wrong. And guys, listen, I, we love everybody, but let, 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 me, let, me, let me make sure we're clear about this as it relates to the biblical mandate that this church operates on and we're walking in the word of God. We love everybody. And there, and there are people, and some of you all in here have probably suffered or not suffered or, 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 or struggled with same-sex attraction. And, and if, you, if you did, we're not sending you to hell, but what we're saying is that that's not right. I'm just, well, 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 you know, I feel that way. Well, listen, because you feel something don't mean it's right. Now, I don't, again, we, we went over this the other day in, in Bible study in Romans, the first chapter. Guys, listen to me carefully. It's one thing to say I'm struggling with something. And it's a totally other different thing to say, well, this is what I'm, this is what I'm declaring. And I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to just do it. That's rebellion. Are you following me? And the Bible, the Bible says again, remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And so, so whether it's, whether it's uh, homosexuality, whether it's adultery, whether it's uh, fornication, whether it's, uh, whether it's drunkenness, whether it's uh, gossiping, I put a K on it, the gossiping. <laughs> whether it's lying, whether it's walking in sinful pride, all those things are against God's will. He said, don't do it. But if I know what I ought to do and then not do it, it's sin. I mean, those are sins of commission, but if I omit doing what I know I ought to do, that's sin. So I'm going to tell you, you know, we, I'll, I'll, and some of y'all in here know this. Some of y'all know this. Sister Adam and I will walk with you through anything that you're going through. And we're not going to allow that thing that we're walking with you through to color our picture of you. We're going to love you through all of it. But what we can't allow is rebellion against God's authority. And if you choose to say, if you just say, well, I know what the Bible said, but this is what I'm going to do anyhow. And, and, and I don't care what you say, I don't care what the Bible say, then I can't help you. If you, if, now, but if you tell me I'm struggling with this, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing and, 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 and something is going wrong, I'm, I'm having problems forgiving, Pastor, and I want to do it because I know, I, I, know I, I need to and I know what the Bible tells me, but right now, Pastor, I, I, I feel like I can't. That's different than saying, foot. I, you know, forget that, whatever you're going to call that person, a person who God's love, if, if that's you and you're not trying to, 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 to do it God's way, then, then we have a problem because rebellion against God's word and against God's authority is actually a rejection of God's authority. Are y'all with me? Okay, all right. So, so look, look at this right here, and my time is running. Boy, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my three points in, but Lord Jesus. Go to number 16 right quick. Number 16. Let me, I'm going to give you the third point while you're going to number 16. Third point. Make no mistake about it. God sees everything we do. Make no mistake about it. God sees everything that we do. And I'll, I'll share that with you. Just a second. Y'all got those three points. Y'all, you, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, Brother Jason, save the points for next week because I'm going to stop here. Because we got, we got, we got, uh, y'all know we have Thanksgiving and praise service tonight, guys, at six o'clock. And, and, and I want y'all to hear this, okay? God loves you. But when we walk 
in rebellion, God has to deal with us. And he sees everything that we do. You know, you look at number 16, and again, I, I don't have time to exegete all of it, so I, I, I'm going to, I don't want to do it injustice by the even started, but you got my three points, so I dig you the three points, right? All right. Let's go back over to three points right quick, because I'm going to pick up next week. All right. Number one, we said what? Watch this. Huh? Say it one more time. God's people are to proclaim his message regardless of the kind of response expected. So that, that's a mandate, right? You, you, have to, you have to share it. Genevieve, you got to share it even when you know they don't want to hear it. Now, what's that gonna, that's going to call some of us in here to try to, 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 to re, re, recalibrate how we approach stuff. Because if, if, if your heart starts beating real hard, fast, and you start sweating, you start getting nervous, and you start stumbling over your words, and you go, oh, 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 I want to, uh, no, calm down, pray, you know, do like God told Ezekiel, eat this word, eat the word first, digest it first before you go and try to tell it to somebody. You can't tell something that you don't know, not effectively. All right, but, but, but learn how to speak the truth in love, regardless of the response that's expected. Number two, we say what? Come on. When we do, when we what? Number two, we what? When we choose rebellion instead of obedience to God, inevitably judgment comes. That's in all of our lives, guys. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, when, when, you know, chasing means a whip, but when judgment comes, that means that I've settled into my obedience. I've settled into doing what's wrong, and I'm not listening to anybody, including you, preacher. See, God gives you the luxury of coming here and getting word and getting inspired but, and, and, and to get a, a word of warning. But when you, if, when you stop listening to me as your pastor, then God has to come and take some other more dramatic measures to deal with all of us. It'd be better for you to listen to me when I tell you what the word of God says than you keep on doing what you're doing and then judgment comes. Number three, number three. What did we tell you? Glory. Make no mistake about it. God sees everything that we do. Now, next week we'll pick up in number six. I want to show, show you some bald-faced, bold, slap your, slap your mama type rebellion that took place with God's people as it relates to Moses and Aaron, I'm going to show you some folks who rose up. Because, you see, people who are rebels, they don't want to just, it, it, it ain't just them. They try to get everybody else involved, too. They ain't going to do right. And then they're going to try to get somebody else not to do right. But we'll see it next week. Ever says time to live again. Look at neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for you to resurrect that dead area in your life. It's time to live again. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.